Welcome to Urban Forum Northwest with your co-host Hayward Evans and Eddie Rye. Uh, before we go to my guests, I want to let you know that Urban Forum Northwest is brought to you by the Port of Seattle's Office of Social Responsibility, Sound Transit Small Business Development and Labor Compliance Office, the City of Seattle's Persons Construction Services Office with Liz Alzier. We were down uh, for the signing uh, the other day for the executive order for the City of Seattle signed by the mayor into uh, what will be now a I guess a disparity study, but an inclusion ordinance, which I like. Uh, Concourse Concessions with Dave Fukuhara, SeaTac Bar Group, with Jerry Whitson and Rod O'Neill, and Soul Sys Media does our website. That's Stephanie Ogle. So, Kevin uh, Washington, uh, busy man. You're the education chair for Table 100, is that right? That's correct. Okay. And we know we have a big event. As a matter of fact, we, and I have done a, yeah, we've earned a ticket to the event on Saturday because <laughs> we've had <laughs> – Henry Yates, Ali Garrett, and now we got the distinguished chair of the Education Committee for Table 100. So even though uh, this is the third week in a row, uh, Kevin, why don't you just uh, share with our listeners a little of the history about Table 100 before we start talking about upcoming events? All right. Table 100 was created about 20 years ago by uh, five to seven longtime friends of Langston Tabor who was a community activist here in the Seattle area. He would put in an awful lot of work personally to try and defeat I-200 back in the day. Uh, that work and effort on his part and others failed, and he was never really able to recover from that. He also became ill, and he passed away uh, within six months to a year of the passing of I-200. His friends decided to uh, continue with some of their work and to establish an organization of what was then almost entirely uh, male African-Americans to try and work with small minority businesses and city, county, port, and state government and other business entities to try and improve the business atmosphere, uh, compliance, inclusion, and uh, begin to mesh the work world of small minority businesses with bigger players in the Seattle Arena, and uh, that transformed and grown itself into more than uh, 100 members of Tabor 100. We have uh, business relationships and working relationships with city, county, port, state, a number of large business construction entities and other business entities here in the area, and we are uh, soon, late November, perhaps December, going to be opening up a business hub where we will be able to anchor services, resources, information, and training to support small minority businesses here in the Puget Sound area and eventually maybe even be able to provide some uh, long-distance resources to businesses and organizations across the state. And that's good. As you know, uh uh, recently, uh, State Representative Sharon Tomiko Santos was successful in getting House Bill 1918 through uh, unopposed by uh, unanimous votes through the House and the Senate to create a central uh, district uh, preservation and development authority, which is now known as the McKinney Center for Community and Economic Development, which is the former SOIC SVI building, and uh, that's on 22nd and Jackson. And some folks are saying, well, you know, Tabor's, you know, as poorly as we're doing, we need five centers That's right. to support black folks, okay? <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, some folks try to throw something in there, but 
uh, 22nd and Jackson is a significant ways away from, from Tuck Wheeler, okay? So, and like I said, uh, there is no reason to believe that there has to be a duplication of service. But on the other hand, we want to make sure that our businesses have an opportunity to thrive and survive. It's good that Tabor's doing this because how long has it been since we've had a center where people could go during the week at any time, get an appointment to get some help uh, to uh, help uplift and upgrade uh, their business and, uh, and their skills? So, uh, you know, if we had five uh, looking at, <clears throat> you know, uh, African descendants of the United States slaves doing less than one-tenth of one percent with most public agencies, and if somebody's doing more than that, I wish they'd please surprise me because what I've been counting, uh, and, and I got another uh, area, too, where uh, in the federal dollars, <clears throat> uh, you know, it's it's doesn't make any difference if you are from Africa, the Caribbean, or anywhere else. If you're black, you get counted as a black, okay, which I have no problems with, but I also have a problem with African descendants who've been here 400 years, died in every war. Like my daughter say, built this joint for free. Uh, I've put forth an initiative to members of the Black Caucus to have a federal designation for the people that's been here 400 years. And uh, some people have frowned on it, but, hey, if you don't speak up uh, and, and and speak out, uh, you'll be out of sight, out of mind. <laughs> So those are some of the things we're working on. So why don't you share with our listeners before I go to Hayward about what will be offered at the new hub out in uh, Tuckwillow. We're going to be trying to make the hub a pretty full-service and opportunity location. We won't be able to do that right at first because we're going to need to build up a revenue stream to help support uh, the, the hub. But we are already looking to partner with a number of uh, organizations to try and provide some services. We have a number of city, county, state, and court agencies that normally do certifications and services. They are looking to have either an office or office hours there at the hub so that they can regularly, every week or a couple times a month, be able to provide services to minority and small businesses right there at the hub. The key thing we're trying to do is to make the hub be a one-stop shop. If you need X, Y, Z, and everything beforehand in order to help your business be successful, we want you to be able to walk into the hub, register on our software system, describe your needs, and then be able to work with some of the people at the hub to get those resources to help build, renew, and or expand your business. these community partners like the National Association of Minority Contractors, Urban League, uh, Civil Rights Coalition, Office of Minority and Women Enterprises, State of Washington. I've got public sponsors like the Port of Seattle, King County, Sound San Transit, Washington, Washington State Department of Transportation. Uh, we've got a great location. We're taking over the University of Phoenix location down at the Fort Dent uh, Business Park. They're fully wired with fiber optics. A lot of that equipment is going to stay. We've got a small computer lab, offices, conference rooms, and and meeting rooms. Uh, We're going to be offering an awful lot of services and leveraging small and minority business people in the background to be able to provide one-on-one services and resources for small and minority businesses. We want to utilize small and minority businesses, people who are doing marketing, 
banking, accounting, finance, you, you know, you name it, leverage the minority business community to help the minority business community. Kevin, I like what you're saying. I, I think that's absolutely excellent. Can you speak to your committee? Because I'd like to see the education committee. What's the education committee doing in terms of helping, I guess, Tabor to design those type of uh, uh, outlets or courses within the Tabor system? Well, we're going to be uh, leveraging the needs of the community businesses in order to determine what types of coursework we need to offer first. One of the things we've already started work on with the Urban Financial Services Coalition, they've been a strategic partner of Tabor 100 for a long time. Uh, in the past, these two organizations have come together and offered financial literacy training. Earlier this month, in conjunction with uh, the regional FDIC uh, staff out of San Francisco, we trained somewhere between 25 to 30 people here in the area to be able to do financial literacy training consistently and periodically at the hub or perhaps in other locations. The minority business community needs to have its members be better focused and more foundationally strong when it comes to basic economics and, and money, period. So when the black, people... The black community back in 1900 had 1% of the nation's wealth. Well, in the year 2000, One despite ten. Oprah, despite Chenault, despite Tiger Woods, despite Magic Johnson, still 1%. And so we've got a long way to go, and there's just plenty of studies that have shown that African-Americans and black Americans are behind the eight ball when it comes to not only making wealth, but maintaining wealth and passing it along so that that can be something that grows and lives within the community. We want the hub to be able to, through its education program, take on a role of being able to help bring the black community and the African-American community into a stronger stance when it comes to wealth and maintaining wealth so that it can be passed on and can be built upon to build up the community. Yeah, we so, think we think that's absolutely excellent. So, is there some kind of certification process? Say, I'm I'm an independent out here, and I took that class. Do I get some kind of certificate or something that would acknowledge the fact that I had been through this training? You could. Yes, we are. That class also offered uh, CLE training hours, and we've been approached by some uh, teacher organizations to be able to teach some of their uh, teachers and how to be or train these teachers and how to be trainers for this financial literacy course that's offered through uh, FDIC. And so that's one type of certification. We may also, and we'll probably have some type of a vetting process for some of the businesses that we'll be using in the background as resources. You know, I can't say that, and probably shouldn't say, mm -hmm. that every business who wants to be a resource mm -hmm. is going to make it through that vetting process to be a resource. We'll okay. have to come up with some criteria, mm -hmm. figure out which ones will and which ones will not, because when we hook you up with a business that needs assistance, we want to make certain, especially coming right out of the, the chute, we want to make certain that they are connected with solid uh, businesses with a track record of being able to help other businesses mm -hmm. rather than someone who's just starting out and may not have as much experience. Now, Kevin, let's go to uh, Saturday night. 
Uh, you have the Tabor 100 Gala. The, the Crystal Eagle Awardees will be announced and presented their awards. And then you have a good friend of mine, uh, Roland Martin, is going to be the keynote speaker. So why don't you share? I have you guys on Facebook as well. Is it a sellout yet, or what? what is the status? Can people still get tickets to see uh, Roland Martin? I believe that people can still get tickets, but they're going to have to hurry because uh, earlier in the week we made a commitment with the uh, Waterfront Marriott around the number of dinners that are going to be confirmed, and they will probably make somewhere in the, in the neighborhood of 5%, maybe 8% more dinners than the number that we gave them. And so people who may think that they've been used to the Seattle way, which is I'm not going to RSVP until the day of or the day before, you know, that may not work this time out because once we announced that, you know, Roland Martin was going to be there, that probably generated some extra last-minute traffic, um, which is good. Okay. But people Uh, can still give it a shot, and if the software on the website allows them to uh, make a reservation and pay for tickets, then more than likely – they will still be set. And here's what we'll do as we develop uh, develop uh, the, the uh, center out there on Fort Dentway. Well, we'll as things happen, we'll keep our listeners apprised of that where they can go and get some help, okay? Great. And okay. there'll be information on the website, and they can always contact uh, Tabor 100, and we can have our uh, business development folks get back to them. I can get back to them as the education chair and our economic development person. We have three people on the board. We'll be more than happy to talk to folks about the hub. All right, sir. Thank you very much, and I'll see you Saturday. All right. Counting on it, Eddie. Okay. Take care. All right, Kevin Washington, chair of the Table 100 Education Committee and a spokesperson for the event coming up. Our next guest is also a spearheading the public relations for the Francis B. North Legacy Initiative, and her name is Laurel Winston-Smith, and she is uh, the public relations chair and chief organizer so, Laura, you're on with uh, Hayward Evans and Eddie Rye. So why don't Hello, you bring Hayward. us up to date on what's going to be happening on Sunday. Hello, Hayward. Hello, Eddie. Thank you very much. I'm honored to have the opportunity to speak. So, Sunday, the 29th of September, is the 100th birthday mm. of a Seattle community leader. Her name was Mrs. Frances B. North. Um, she passed away two years ago. But this celebration of her her, uh, centennial, it's an opportunity for us to take a look at and to commemorate all of the accomplishments and the achievements that she made during her life. The um, initiative, the Legacy Initiative, was formed two years ago because we wanted to honor this matriarch of Seattle. She's sort of an unsung heroine in the Seattle area. Uh, she was quite a, a advocate, uh, supporter of education. So one of the things that we're going to be doing on Sunday at the Centennial is we will be providing two scholarships for young women from the community because that's a part of the legacy that we're creating for this incredible woman. Now, the uh, Centennial itself is going to be a reception and a dinner. Uh, starts at 3 o'clock going to be held at the Northwest African American Museum in Seattle. And uh, the reception will be from 3 until 4, and then the dinner will proceed from then. We have many, many, many things that will be featured during that afternoon. 
Okay, so uh, I, I know there's going to be a guest speaker. Uh, what other activities do we have going on between 3 and 6? Well, between 3 and 4, there is a social hour, a reception, so to speak. Um, everyone who attends will have, of course, also admission to the museum itself. So between 3 and 4, it's an opportunity to mix, to mingle, to socialize, to partake of an adult beverage, and to have an opportunity to stroll through the various exhibits in the uh, museum. And then at 4 o'clock, we will actually start our program. Um, many, many things will be occurring during the afternoon, one of which, which is, I'm sure you already know, Eddie, uh, your daughter, Angela Rye, will be giving a part of the welcome and opening remarks. Uh, Michelle Merriweather from the Urban League of Metropolitan Seattle will be there. And we'll be having an invocation from the minister, Reverend uh, Stallings, from Mount Zion Baptist Church. Mrs. North was a member of Mount Zion for over 75 years, and so he is there representing, of course, that congregation. Uh, a lot of proclamations will be made that day, honoring Mrs. North and uh, naming the day as Francis B. North Day. We will have that from the city of Seattle, from King County, and from the state of Washington. Oh, that, that's going to be excellent. Now, can, can you just share with our listeners, because some people out, out there might not know about Mother North. Can you just share a little bit of her life so these people can really embrace, because I know what you're doing. She was absolutely fantastic. I used to sit in front of her at church, and my wife would always reach back and say hello or sit next to her. But can right. you share with the listenership? so that they would know uh, the great life that she lived. She was incredible, absolutely incredible. She came to Seattle. Um, she was born in, in uh, Louisiana, Freeport. She came to Seattle, um, I think, in the early 40s, and that was when she joined uh, Mount Zion Baptist Church. And uh, she served on a variety of committees there. She was in the women's ministry. She did many, many things with her religious community. She also she went to work at Best Apparel, which is now known as Nordstrom. She started there in 1952. She was the first African-American employee allowed to work on the sales floor. Mm. Amazing. She was there for more than 20 years, and she did a variety of different things. But she also she, she went to work for the Seattle Public Schools. She was an information specialist. Uh, she worked with crisis intervention. She did an incredible amount of work with uh, desegregation in the Seattle School District. And uh, she did a lot with rumor control and human relations. In fact, in 1973, at the time, the mayor of Seattle was Wes Ullman. And he um, appointed her as the 2000 commissioner to help plan the city for the year 2000. So this was in 1973. She was asked to help plan the city for the year 2000. She worked and served on the uh, Coalition for Quality Integrated Education, again, working with desegregation. She organized probably four to 500 volunteers to 
to work in that realm, to work with desegregation. And even though she was retired, I think she was 89 when she retired. She had been with the school district for 30 years, but she still continued to promote equality and to volunteer and to mentor youth. She was a bit of a, a fashionista. There you go. Thank white, you. Fashion icon. White, I beg pardon? No, I absolutely agree. She was ahead of her time, a fashion icon locally, absolutely. Oh, totally. Totally a fashion icon. So a part of what the um, Francis B. North Legacy Initiative is working to do is to provide educational assistance, um, artistic assistance, and economic support for our youth who are interested in higher education or in pursuing fashion design. So that's to perpetuate a bit of that part of her legacy. We're working to put a monument in a Seattle park, and we are working to archive her experiences so that they're available for generations down the line, part of which right now is on um, blackpast.org. You know, I love what you said about the monument. You know, the African-American Commemoration Committee is also working closely with the uh, Seattle Parks and Recreation about putting those type of monuments in Martin Luther King Park. Since now the park is a Martin Luther King Civil Rights Memorial, and absolutely she should be memorialized in terms of her representation within the local civil rights struggle. She was there at the forefront, but I'm going to give some interesting information. She started work at best, i.e. Nordstrom's in 52. I was born in 52, amen. In Seattle. And then well, her, her birthday was the 29th, mine's the 30th. God is well, there good we boy. Go. Over life. <laughs> so at any rate, it is going to be an incredible event, an opportunity. We do still have availability for those who are interested. We have uh, sponsorship opportunities. You can uh, be a copper sponsor, a bronze sponsor, a silver sponsor, because, of course, this is a fundraiser. To perpetuate those in, that endowment to give scholarships as an, on an ongoing basis, and um, tickets are available at our website, which is francisbnorth.com, or you can go directly to Brown Paper Tickets and purchase a ticket there. But we're looking forward to having a fabulous, fabulous afternoon on Sunday. Uh, now, uh, did you mention uh, who the guest speaker is going to be? I did not. Thank you for that reminder. Our guest speaker is Dusty Baker. He is uh, also known, his actual name is uh, John, Johnny B. He was referred to in baseball as uh, Dusty. That's why you ask people who John Baker was, nobody would know. (laughs) But everybody knows who Dusty Baker is. Okay, well. The 60 years old of these. Okay, well. Many people know who Dusty Baker is. Mm-hmm. At any rate, he was a Major League Baseball player. Uh, he was uh, a nas- on the National League All-Star team. Um, he was in the League Championship Series, the World Series champion. Many, many, many accomplishments. And the man makes wine. I mean, you know, what other better combination could there be between baseball and wine? Oh. He has a Baker family winery. So... He is going to be the guest speaker. 
and I'm not sure what his topic is going to be, but because of his many, many accomplishments, I know it's going to be an inspirational and motivational opportunity. Well, thank you very much, uh, Ms. Winston. Now, I got to let people know that Mrs. Frances B. North is a mother of Woodson Williams, also known as Cookie, Richard Williams, who is also known as Butch, <laughs> Sandra, okay, Sandra Montez, and Billy North. Bill North is a World Series champion, Garfield standout, and uh, I just want to thank all the people who've been serving on the committee, too, because they've been doing an outstanding job. I don't want to leave anybody out, but we thank Joe Staten for letting us use CAYA, and I'm glad you were organizing getting the the, uh, the the Columbia City Library and Pastor Joe Carter and Molly Matter and Sandra and Bill, and I hope I didn't leave anybody out, Laurel, so anybody else. Well, there's uh, Kim Crummick. Kim Crummick, that's right, Kim, right. Right, mm-hmm. right, right. And Claudia Webb and Janet Jones-Preston. Right. Working with the uh, scholarship committee. Um, let's see. Gail Thompson has been doing a lot of work helping us in uh, that direction. I think I covered everybody. If we didn't, We'll I get them next week. <laughs> <laughs> Laurel, thank you very much. We certainly appreciate all your work. And uh, I'm still working to get everything together because, you know, uh, Angela's grandmother... Myrtle, the late Myrtle M. Rye, Mrs. North used to go up to, to, to uh, the place and visit her uh, ah. at, at the home up on 17th and where she was. They had uh, the Alzheimer's and folks with dementia up, up at that facility on 17th in Madison. And I know a lot of times after Mount Zion, Mrs. North would go up. They were classmates at Central Colored High in Shreveport, Louisiana. Oh, my so God. So we have, we have a lot of connectivity going. And then I'd have to say that she was really – Another mother to me, and also I know my friend Tony Orange, because we definitely uh, we could definitely go to her and fess everything up and get some <laughs> some proper direction. So, <laughs> so Laurel, thanks very much, and I'll see you Sunday. Absolutely, thank you. Eddie. Okay, thank, thank you, Henry. You. Okay, goodbye. All right, <clears throat> Laurel Winston Smith with the Francis B. North Legacy Initiative. Uh, we're gonna take a break and come back with our next guest after this. Hopefully, Roland Martin will call in. More Roland. Step up your commute and ride light. Sound Transit's new Capitol Hill and University of Washington Link Light Rail stations are now open. Get around town faster and more reliably than ever. Ride now from the University of Washington to Capitol Hill in just four minutes or continue on to Westlake Station in just eight minutes. Find lots of helpful information on how to ride, how to get an Orca card, and more at ulink2016.org. Link Light Rail. More stations, more places. At the Port of Seattle, diversity is the source of possibility and strength. And we honor our diverse community by expanding opportunities for all people to share in our region's economic prosperity. From the seaport to the airport, we're working to support small businesses, including those owned by women and minorities, and to create quality jobs with lifelong career paths. The Port of Seattle continues to be your port of opportunity. Bored with the other stations? Hammering away on the same old talking points? Try Alternative Talk 1150 and get some variety. All right. Uh, Hayward Evans and Eddie right back at Urban Forum Northwest. Uh, our next guest is Nichelle Alderson, multi-talented, multi-faceted, involved in so many things in the shop. You know, I was thinking about it, and I said, you know, I need to have Geneva on today. 
So after you go off, we're going to have Geneva on because she's yeah. going to be hosting Sisters Rock the Arts at, uh, at Rumba Notes Lounge this evening. So, but uh, you got, uh, I was looking at the events you have coming up. Now, you have two. Uh, you have the Mood Food, and one is going to be on Saturday at the Pike Place Market. Then you got another one, the pop-up, is going to be uh, at uh, El Centro de la Raza on Roberto Maestas Festival Street. So why don't you go ahead and share with Hayward and I and our listeners what you got going on. Yeah, I'm excited to be back on the call with you. And um, you're right, I've got these things coming up as a way that I'm sharing the holistic healing work that I do with the community. Um, I've been making mood food products, which are essential oil blends to help shift and lift the mood for different reasons. So I work as a therapist and nutrition, I do mental health and nutritional therapy um, in my in my private practice. And what I see coming into my office is depression, anxiety, um, attention issues, fatigue, insomnia, stress, all of those things that can be supported naturally through the use of essential oils. So I created these blends. They're called mood foods. I've got currently I have eight different scents um, that are all pretty amazing. Is what I hear. They come in things like spray bottles and oil rollers or incense. But I'll be selling them this weekend as well as in the stores. So um, my product is now at the Pike Place Market and the Ventures Retail Store right on the second floor of the market, right underneath the fish throwers. Um, so I'm placed in that store, but I'll be doing a pop-up demo, sharing you know a little bit behind the scenes of what how these oils were developed and what they're useful for, how to use them. I'll be in the store on Saturday from um, what is it around 11 to 4? I think Saturday is 12 to 4 on Saturday, and then I'll be at the station, the Station Coffee House, which is such a fun space to be, um, where all the cool kids hang out at the station. And I'll be there on Sunday. Um, from nine to two, selling mood foods there as well. Okay, now what's the difference between the mood food and the mood food pop-up shop? So they're all mood foods. I'm mm-hmm. just gonna, I'm going to be showing up, selling things at the pop-up shop. The demo is they're already selling the product in the store, so I'm going to be giving a sniff sampler. Come, people can come by and take a um, sniff sample of all of the different scents that I have, and you know, ask any questions and really get their mood shifted. So you'll have a chance to do that at both the pop-up shop and at the demo. So now, is that pop-up a, a stimulant? Does that get you rocking and moving when you when you use the pop-up? I mean, help me here with the pop-up. I like the way it sounds. Pop-up. I suppose you should look at it like, I guess, I do got some stuff that will help you shake up and move. Um, and you can come shake it up and move with us at Sisters Rock tonight, too. But, no, a pop-up is really just me showing up at a shop that I'm not at regularly and showing Oh, you just pop up. <laughs> you just pop, you just pop <laughs> okay. up. Okay. Okay, now I get it. Okay. It, 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 it is what it says it is. You, you pop up. I'm going to pop up. Okay. Well, I'm definitely going to talk to my wife and daughter because they're really going the holistic and my daughter's trying to get vegan on me. Dad, don't eat that. Dad, don't eat this. Dad, you know how they butcher those animals? Please don't. Okay, <laughs> honey. I'm, I'm trying to, to improve myself. But I know for a fact this is something that my, my wife and daughter absolutely would be interested in. But, but how many different type of products do you have again? Can you explain what those products do for you, for your, for your body? 
Absolutely, yeah, yeah. So I base everything on on the scent and what it's useful for. So, for instance, woke is one of my scent profiles. It's helpful for fatigue and lifting awareness and consciousness, um, alertness. Another is breathe, which is helpful for depression or low mood, seasonal affective disorder. My brand new scent is called Focus. It's helpful for, you know, drifting off of the attention and um, creating some clarity and focus, deep concentration. I've got one for called Rest, which is amazing for um, sleep. I swear when I spray that on my pillow, I'm sleep before my eyes close. Um, They're all using every single blend that I have. There's four others as well. Um, Calm is helpful for adrenal fatigue and stress, blood pressure issues, memory, immune system issues. And it's because the essential oil blends that are used, the the oil profiles that I've chosen um, are therapeutic in nature when we go out into nature and we find these plants that were provided to us for healing. And we, we utilize them um, consciously and, and, you know, in a therapeutic way, um, we get the benefits of it. So, you know, stress can be relieved by taking the most important ingredient of all of my products, which is that slow, long, deep inhale. It's a mindful moment. It's a chance to reconnect to the intention of what the oils um, were designed to do and a moment to uh, be in that experience. So um, they come in, like I said, spray bottles. You can get them. You can also buy them online. I have a little, forget about this often, but I do have a store online at liveinfinitelywell.com. So you can check them all out there. Um, You can get them in spray bottles or roller bottles, dropper bottles where you can, you know, use it for massage or use it in an oil burner. And I do incense and cones and very soon to come will be candles for the holiday season. So Stay tuned for that. Now, I want oh, you to spell please. infinitely well for the people that might be. Amen. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> I'll please. do that. I'll do that. That's a good idea. If I was warned that that could be a problem one day, but, you know, I'm just going to go for it. It's, <laughs> it's liveinfinitelywell.com, spelled L-I-V-E-I-N-F-I-N-I-T-E-L-Y-W-E-L-L.com. Okay. That is a mouthful, isn't it? Yeah, it but is. You don't have to think about it like trying to live infinitely well, you know? Yeah, I hear that. Well, you, you're doing quite a bit, so that requires a mouthful. Because in addition to that, your private practice, and then our next guest is going to be Geneva Runga, and you and uh, Latanya, you guys have Sisters Rock the Arts. That you've been responsible for putting that venue on uh, uh, every uh, every Thursday for, I don't know, what, the last two going on three years now? We're four and a half years in. Whoa, I didn't realize you were that far down the road. Yeah. Okay. Well, you guys should be owning the joint by now. (laughs) Yes. Oh, man, that's a big feat. I don't know if I want that one. Okay. But I do love the blessing of, you know, getting to be um, a part of a healer in a lot of different places and a lot of different venues and that's one of them you know being there at Rumba Notes with the community every week is one of the ways that I lift my spirits it's mm-hmm. one of the ways that I share you know in communion community with my with my folks who love the arts mm-hmm. and who release things there and so it's just another form of feeding the mood um, so yeah that's uh, that's an honor and a blessing to be there too so Michelle you're going to be at Rumba Notes tonight 
Yes, indeed. So you're, you're Michelle. Nice. I, I, Michelle. With Michelle. Michelle. Mm-hmm. Well, yep. my wife is Michelle. That's why I keep saying Michelle. And I'm to introduce Michelle. her to you tonight. <laughs> Michelle. Oh, please do. I, yeah. Yeah, please do. I'll be the one. Um, well, they call me Infinity. So I'm Michelle. That's Infinity, even better. Same person. Uh, you'll see me there. I'd love to meet you and your wife. Okay. Well, thank you very much, Michelle, and thank keep Michelle. just keep staying busy, and we'll try to keep up with you and keep you on air as long as you're doing all these positive things. Yes. Uh, thank you. I appreciate your support and for everything that you're doing, everything that you've got going on. Uh, you keep that, too. I'm just trying to follow in your footsteps and keep up with you. All right, now. <laughs> okay, then. We'll see you soon, Michelle. Thanks for everything. All right. Thank you. Okay. Uh, our next guest is uh, Miss Geneva Arunga. We just finished talking about Rumba Notes. And yes. Miss Geneva will be hosting tonight at Sisters Rock the Arts. So, Geneva, why don't we start out by uh, Hayward Evans is my co-host, and we're in the, in the studio with Eric on the boards. But one of us, now your your brother is Owa Arunga, right? That's correct, Owa Arunga. Now, Owa plays with uh, Macklemore and all Award- of Award did play with Macklemore. Um, these days, he's playing with me as the salt in a swag. Okay, now. Okay. okay. <laughs> yeah, because I know he was doing quite a bit of travel. But anyway, we're going uh, we, right. to we'll talk about him a little later. But why don't you just give our listeners a little background on yourself, on uh, what you've been doing and how you arrived at uh, hosting uh, the Sisters Rock the Arts at Rumba Notes. Well, yeah, uh, I'm Geneva Runga, a.k.a. Dada Bay. And I am uh, local to the Central District. I was born in Kenya, East Africa, but my entire family, my mother is from the Central District, and my grandmother, and so on. All them Tates. All the Tates, yeah. That's right, the Tates. And so, yeah, I've just been, um, I've been a teaching artist in the community since about 2009, working with um, groups from the Urban Debate League, um, and also right now I'm working with the residency as a teaching artist for the hip hop community, um, empowerment program. And I came across Roomba notes years ago, but sisters Rock the arts, when they first started, I was going in and being part of their programming. But when they asked me to be a host, I didn't turn the situation down. And I've been a host ever since it's been almost, uh, three years now that I've been hosting over at Roomba notes. I, I didn't realize that those guys had, had it rocking for so long. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Almost yeah. five years. We're, mm. we're at four and a half years. We'll be five years in May. So and my night is the night. So I do the fourth <laughs> Thursdays, okay? So you have to come tonight. Um, sign up for our open mic starts at 930. So everybody to come and sign up for the open mic. We're open to all kinds of art. Um we have a band that plays um, live music, so if you want the band to play in with you, you can have that happening. So it's it's always a good night, especially when Dada Bass is hosting. <laughs> All right, now. <laughs> so give us give our listeners some kind of idea of what can they experience uh, by going down to Rumba Notes. Is there mm. is there is there African cuisine there? Uh, so uh, let us know what what folks can be in store for. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. So it's a it's a Kenyan um, restaurant and lounge, and so the the owners have um, it's a bar. So you get you can have drinks. You have to be twenty one enough to get in. That's the only you know. So you know, don't you know, no kids for this one, unfortunately. But um, 
you're going to have um, poetry, you're going to have um, rappers, you're going to have singers, you're going to have um, musicians, the baddest musicians in town, um, from John. I, I, I can't even go into all the musicians because even the musicians can get up there and do open mic. So if you have an instrument, you can come as well. They, they have food up there, um, and um, Safari's um, actually our resident um, restaurant right next door. See, that's a Kenyan restaurant, too. They got all the Kenyan. So they serve food in, in Rumba Notes, the restaurant yep. next door? Oh, okay. Yes, they do. Okay, so if somebody want to come and have a drink and have something to eat, uh, the restaurant next door will deliver the food to them in Rumba Notes. Exactly, exactly. Okay. And. And Rubinos has um, a kitchen as well, but the extensive uh, Kenyan kitchen is always going to be at the safari, right mm-hmm. right next door. Mm-hmm. So uh, give us an idea of how many different people do you have come through. And, and anyone, uh, they check with you if they have, say, they, they play guitar or they sing or whatever, like, uh, then they would check with you to see if they could get on the stage. That's right. You check in with the host or you sign up on the list then you put put what your um, talent is next to it, whether you play, if you play guitar, then I'll make sure when it's time for guitars to switch out, I'll, I know who to call. And uh, if, if, yeah, if you want to, if you want to get on, everybody can get on the microphone. So if you, if you're new to the microphone or if you're seasoned in the game, we have Josephine Howell can come up there sometimes to get on our microphone, you know, from Josephine to Joe Smo, you know, anybody can get on our microphone and it's always beautiful. We make sure that everybody feels welcome, and we give them um, all our attention. And it, it's it's always a great time. You meet new people, and you have a good time. And um, a lot of our um, a lot of our artists are seasoned. All our musicians are are bad. So if you want to play and jam with some good musicians, that's the place to do it. If that's what you're looking for in this city, and it's and it's one of the most packed nights in, on a Thursday night that you're gonna find in the city of Seattle. Now, what, what if you're a comedian or somebody who just wants to, oh, like you said, yeah. the spoken Last word? Oh, yeah, month I had a comedian get up there. <laughs> and uh, he was funny. So anybody can get up there. Um, everybody has about three minutes to do what they got to do, three to five minutes to do what they got to do. Comedians, give them a little bit more time because, you know, we want to let them get warmed up up there. <laughs> mm-hmm. But definitely everybody has their time. Everybody has a chance to get up on that stage. And uh, I noticed that uh, some of the folks that's playing actually play with other groups around the city as well. That's so, right. Yeah. Everybody who walks into Ruben Oaks, most most of those people have somebody else they're playing with, and all the musicians um, play with other other groups. Like you go up to, um, you can go up to anywhere right now and find Curtis playing somewhere. You know, mm-hmm. on his on his um, piano keys. So. There's so many musicians that come from all around Seattle who do big things all around the world who be there on Thursday night. And the singers, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's no, I don't think we, I don't think we have too many singers who ain't traveling out there, you know? Even, um, I mean, I could, I don't know if I'm supposed to be name dropping on the, on the radio. Yeah, you can drop names, yeah. They're going to be like, why you tell her where I be at? You know, we got Wilson. She be coming through, you know what I'm saying? Um, Phyllis Talley, she comes and does her thing, you know. Uh, Phyllis Talley on the front page of uh, of the facts today with Stephanie Mills and 
D. Lamont Hall and Tiana Dennis, I guess they're bringing, they're hosting, and uh, my friend DJ Craig Jackson, and this will be at the Temple Theater on, on the 12th. And then while I'm doing this here, I want to say that Bishop Reginald C. Witherspoon Sr. will be celebrating 32 years of, of service to the Lord, and uh, Pastor Reverend Dr. Robert L. Manaway will be speaking. But since we were talking about uh, Phyllis Talley, I thought I'd just mention that. So anyway, mm. well, uh, yeah. I, I'm glad that you're on top of this, uh, Geneva. And uh, when you got something come up, make sure you let us know so we can get you back on the air. And now I heard, Geneva, you're going to bust a tune for us now if we come down there tonight. You're going to do a little singing for us? Oh, oh, I, 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 I see, I, I'm more of a rapper. I do spoken word, poetry. That'll work. I'm going to hit you with one of them kind of tunes, but I'm going to move your soul, though. You know what I'm saying? When I get go. up on that microphone, I'll make sure you go home feeling and wet. Okay, okay then. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Geneva. Thank you very much, and you guys continue success to uh, your Thursday night event at Rumba Notes. Oh, thank you so much for the opportunity, brother. I appreciate you guys so much. Keep doing what you're doing. You guys are doing great work. All right, thank now. You. Thank you very much. All right, peace. Okay, peace out. Okay, uh, we had a big event uh, on uh, Tuesday after our meeting at uh, the McKinney Center. Mm-hmm. Uh, that Mayor Jenny Durkin signed a executive order uh, that will be including uh, uh, minorities and women in the city contracting opportunities. And uh, so it was fairly well attended. As a matter of fact, uh, Henry Yates, Ali, Ali uh, Garrett did speak. Uh, a couple of other people did speak. And uh, so uh, I think it will be incumbent upon uh, the McKinney uh uh, the members of the McKinney Center for Community and Economic Development to sit down with these folks because, you know, uh, it's, and, you know, and to hear Kevin Washington talk about how they were treated with the University of Phoenix, mm-hmm. how they left everything there, you know, it's just so sad that uh, Representative Santos had this bill passed unanimously to help uh, the folks who've been left out of the economic equation uh, to see what happened at SVI for them to take all the chairs out the classrooms to auction them off. Pennies on the dollar. Yeah. You know, rather than help the community, I mean, uh, black people pay taxes just like everybody else that supports CL Central. But it's just unbelievable what they would go through to disrupt uh, any kind of continuity we would have in trying to help people that need to help most. So I'm really disappointed with the actions of Lincoln Ferris. I'm glad that Someone talked to him. But I, at this point, and I'm so upset, I've talked to some members of the clergy, some members of the Civil Rights Coalition that, that are going to go to the trustees. This is unacceptable. Uh, they, have to, they could have left those chairs there. Right. Now it's going to set us back some more time before we're able to help people. And this whole legislation was about helping people who have been denied. And it's unfortunate we would have actions like this coming from a community college Seattle Central, uh, who was supposed to be in business about help, up, up, help uplifting people and educating people, and they're going to come in and take everything out of the building so we have nothing to operate with. It's really unfortunate. Any listeners uh, that, uh, that agree with us, call uh, the Seattle Community College Chancellor and tell him that it's unacceptable doing what they're doing. We pay taxes like everyone else, and I don't know why this guy has, is so vindictive uh, and why he would be doing, you know, you might have more information than me. Yeah, but I, I don't. But I don't get it, uh, Eddie, even like you were saying. It's from one government entity to another. We're talking about from Seattle Community College System 
to the uh, Commerce Department. The Department so, of Commerce, so, right. So it's still within government, and then we uh, uh, just run the building until we complete the Community Preservation Board. What they've done, in my opinion, is absolutely, absolutely wrong and not in, in the best interest of the people of the state of Washington. Not at all. You know, to take the chairs out and then auction them off, so we don't know what else. You know, they tried to take the server. That way we would have a way you know? to train people with QuickBooks and, and Excel and everything else that a company would need to uh, compete and succeed and thrive in an uh, economy that is really based on technology. Uh, you know, it's unfortunate, but we do have some people that's standing by, uh, like Stephanie Ogle, who was, uh, has all these programs that yeah. we, can, we can implement. Uh, the other thing is that anybody that uh, worked with uh, OIC or have any historical pictures, uh, we'd like to have a copy of them to put on the McKinney uh, Center for Community and Economic Development website. Uh, matter of fact, Stephanie Ogle is, is uh, just about uh, got it. Uh, we're going to fill it up now. We got the concept. So now we have to go ahead and fill it with uh, relevant materials. But going back to the city of Seattle, and I'm really pleased to see that uh, the uh, Mayor Jenny Durkin, who says she's going to be on the program. And gave you a hug. <laughs> she didn't <laughs> hug everybody now. She hugged you. But anyway, she's going to be on the program to talk about that. And we're going to be talking with her staff, as well as Javier Valdez, who is a, the minority special business specialist for the city, about sitting down with them, seeing what we can do about getting in their budget That's so right. we can start serving people. Uh, our numbers are drastic. Uh, I think we're doing... They say 1%. I don't see where that 1% no, is. I don't see 1% in any local agency. But you know what, Hayward? We're going to work with them to increase participation. That's right. And we know what it is already, so we're not going to go down that road anymore. And, 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 increase can, participation. And we, and, but we want to be clear, too, that this is the descendants of the United States African enslaved. The descendants of the enslaved. we got to make sure that these numbers aren't, aren't frankly, skewed. Because, I, you know, looking at so, some of those reports, I see where these people, yeah, they might be the new African-American, but, but the descendants of the enslaved, no. No, no, that's not, that's not in that number. That's exactly why we had, I'd ask members of the Congressional Black Caucus to consider having a federal designation for African descendants of United States enslaved because after 400 years, why should we have to get in line behind everybody else? There you go. I'm just saying, why do we have to get in line behind everybody else? But before we get to the end of the program, i got to give a shout-out of condolence uh, to my good friend Tyrone Bowles, uh, Carmel, uh, his sister, and other family members. We just want to let you know that my heart is with you. I, me and the brother grew up together, so uh, he will be sorely missed. Tyrone Bowles, Mr. T. Uh, I also hate the other thing that's coming up is I see that the school board appointed Brandon Hersey, and uh, so we have an African American on the school board. He replaced a stellar member, uh, Betty Patu, who stepped down for. Uh, various reasons, which I'm not familiar with. But uh, we'll have to get Mr. Brandon Hersey on it because it looks like the superintendent of Seattle Public Schools have terminated or uh, all of the African-American males, males yeah. that was there, the, the chief academic officer, uh, the, the uh, athletic director, uh, and then Br uh, Dr. Brent Jones, I guess he saw the writing on the wall. Uh, he was director of human resources. He took a job with, uh, with, uh, with Metro. So uh, I'm kind of concerned about the status of African-American males in leadership positions with the Seattle School District, even though we know that uh, this new uh, superintendent is a Native American. But my goodness, looking at what, what happened to black men at the school district, I tell you what, it looks like somebody took on some 
George Wallace philosophy. And it's good to see if, uh, Brandon, when we get him in here, what you going to do to address that uh, educational disparity gap? There's a serious gap out there and what's being done to address that, to bring those academic standards into some, some degree of balance because there's a true imbalance right now. So I'm interested. I'm glad when he comes on the show. We got to get uh, Brandon Hershey in here. Uh, the other things that are happening that, uh, and it was mentioned earlier by Kevin Washington, Roland Martin will be speaking uh, on uh, Saturday at the Waterfront Marriott Tabor 100's 20th Annual Gala where they will announce the Crystal Eagle Awardees. I got one, I think, in 2009. Yes, you did. Ollie told me last week. Uh, before we go, I want to make sure we give our shout-out to the Port of Seattle's Office of Social Responsibility, Sound Transit Small Business Development Labor Compliance Office, the City of Seattle's Purchase Construction Services Office, Concord Concessions, SeaTac Bar Group LLC, Solstice Media with Stephanie uh, Ogle, and Geneva Orunga will be hosting you uh, this evening at uh, Rumba Notes. It, it, uh, and we also had, I, I guess, Nichelle, Nichelle. will yeah. be there as well. We had her on as well. So anyways, are we out of time, Mary? All right now. Hey, whatever's Eddie Ride, check it out until next Thursday. Talk to you then. At the Port of Seattle, diversity is the source of possibility and strength. And we honor our diverse community by expanding opportunities for all people to share in our region's economic prosperity. From the seaport to the airport, we're working to support small businesses, including those owned by women and minorities, and to create quality jobs with lifelong career paths. The Port of Seattle continues to be your port of opportunity. Step up your commute and ride light. Sound Transit's new Capitol Hill and University of Washington Link Light Rail stations are now open. Get around town faster and more reliably than ever. Ride now from the University of Washington to Capitol Hill in just four minutes or continue on to Westlake Station in just eight minutes. Find lots of helpful information on how to ride, how to get an ORCA card, and more at ulink2016.org. Link Light Rail. More stations, more places.